My first business generated 15 years worth of my annual salary at that job in less than an hour. Actually, spending a lot of money on traveling will make you a bunch more money. There is not one single person in this world that could honestly sit there, look me in the eye, and tell me they're self-made. All the people whose opinions you are worried about are going to call you and congratulate you anyway, and they're going to lie to you, and they're going to tell you that they always knew you could do it. The biggest risk for me has always been to stay in the same place. I've always been comfortable with the idea of not having a safety net. Success leaves clues, but in order to be the next whoever, you have to iterate and make it interesting in your own right. Everything wrong with our lives is 100% our fault, which might sound kind of insensitive, but actually is the most pleasant reality. 99% of the problems that you think are going to arise as you pursue your purpose are going to be made so infinitesimally small by the success that you will have if you do what you are destined to do. And we are back with the Frankly Podcast, and we're coming to you live again from Miami. And this guy has absolutely transformed his life. He's gone from zero to $3 million in net worth, so effectively broke to $3 million inside 16 months. Tom, a.k.a. Champ Online. Mate, welcome to your apartment and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, live from the, live from the apartment. What an intro. Thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate you having me on the channel. Thanks for coming out. Mate, I appreciate you, I appreciate you letting me come and uh, hijack your place, man. Obviously, look. A lot of people are going to want to understand the context of what I've just said there. How do you go from zero to plus three million? How do you go from broke to three million in, in USD inside 16 months? How do you turn your life around? So, so let's just take people back to the context of what you were living and the reality that you were living before you've changed your life. So give us a bit of context as to how you're existing then. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I should clarify that it's really 3 million generated in well, a little bit over 3 million generated in profit i've held on to a decent amount but uh, the the net worth i don't want to be misleading with the net yeah, the net yeah, worth yeah, numbers yeah. but yeah. uh anyway i appreciate you asking me and yeah i my life has changed a lot in the last 2 years i told you when you walked in right that i haven't lived this life for very long as a matter of fact less than 2 years ago i had a cumulative net worth of $4000 and i was working a full time from home tech startup sales job so things have changed a lot in the past 18 to 20 months for, for me. And as you can see, now we're out here in Miami living a very different life. But it was, uh, it was a whirlwind story. It was, it was pretty crazy how I got here. So let's break it down for him because obviously like people are going to want that little bit of nuanced context. Obviously, you've gone from tech sales then. So you're just on the phone selling someone else's product. Right. That's how you first obviously got into making money. Obviously, mm -hmm. you've broken out of a nine to five where you're capped mm -hmm. and you've gone into a commission-based sales role, right? Mm -hmm. And then from, from this, how did you how did you pivot then from the, com what, what was it about the commission-based sales role that's opened your mind up to this whole new opportunity of entrepreneurship that's allowed you to leverage that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I say often that I think sales is one of the most important foundational skills for this reason, right? So... I've always been comfortable with the idea of not having a safety net, right? Because I think a lot of people are scared of the idea of entrepreneurship because if I have a, a regular job, right, I sort of get lulled into this idea that showing up is working, right? Because if I clock in, I get paid, right? As opposed to the first job that I ever really had, the first real job that I ever had was a largely commission-based 
sales role, which means that I was immediately accustomed to this idea of like, oh, it doesn't really matter how many hours I work. What matters is actually what I produce. So I had this idea implanted in my head from the first time I ever worked a job that that was how the world worked, right? So it was, I believe, easier for me to transition sort of out into the wild and jump into that lifestyle than it was for the average person. But I mean, at the end of the day, right, I think that an idea that's really important to understand is framing risk. And I think that a lot of people are afraid to sort of take the jump because they're afraid of, oh my God, like what could happen, right? Oh my God, what if I take uh, an overall cut in pay? Oh my God, what if the business doesn't make money immediately, right? Like, oh my God, what if I have to move out of my current place, right? But to me, the biggest risk has always been zooming out and thinking about, oh my God, what if I'm in the same place 10 years from now, right? What if I'm in the same place 20 or 30 years from now, right? The biggest risk for me has always been to stay in the same place. And for that reason, I have tried and failed at a number of things. I've, I've done 20, 30 different pursuits in my lifetime, some of which you mentioned before we even started the podcast, right? But I've always sort of had this idea that if I tried enough different things, eventually one of them would work. And, you know, something that I'm sure you consume Alex Hermosi's content, right? Like that Hermosi always talks about being a common trait among very successful wealth, wealthy people is like this irrational confidence that they are better than other people. And I always had this idea. I was like, well, I must be smart enough, right? I must be skilled enough. I just haven't tried the right thing yet. So I was always just trying a lot of different stuff. And um, eventually, stepping out of my comfort zone ended up uh, paying me a lot of money. So so obviously, look, it's like a game of Tetris, isn't it? You have to find out where you fit. I mean, for me, what what opened my mind was sales. I went from having a boxing gym to, to and, and just, you know, training people one-to-one and, and groups, classes to get step into sales. And sales opened my eyes to an uncapped potential within myself that I'd never seen before. And I think it's similar to you. But when you're in sales and you're selling for other people, you know that there's something bigger on the other side of that. You know there's something you can do for yourself, but you said you had to figure out what that was. How did you Obviously, you tried a few things, they failed, but how did you find the thing that worked for you? Like, what what was it that led you to that place? Really good question. And it's the an- answer is interesting in that it was not something that was di- really, to the naked eye, directly related to what I ended up pursuing, right? And as a matter of fact, it happened to just be an individual that I had known and, and a friend of mine who convinced me to start paying attention to and subsequently start creating content in a certain industry, right? But as we peel back the layers of what brought to me to that moment, how I got there is very clear to me, right? And this is a principle that I will echo over and over again that I always want to sort of espouse to my audience, which is this idea of continually putting yourself out there, right? So like we talked about earlier, but we haven't spoken about yet on camera, what I was doing doing while I was working at a sales job and even back when I was in college as well and actually from the time that I was a young kid um, was was being an artist I was I was creating and releasing music online and it never got that big I have a few records with like a couple hundred thousand streams and it was my first experience growing like a little niche audience right like a few thousand um, but at sort of this the core of this right is this theme of doing atypical things and putting myself out there so for example when I was in school right um I was a very, 
very social person. I was by no means like an, an, an outcast, right? I was actually at the center of a lot of these things. But the older that I got and the more seriously I began to pursue my purpose, the more weekends would go by where all of my friends were going to this party, right? Or maybe they were all getting in their cars and taking a road trip to go uh, party in some city together. Or there was this event that they were going to, right? And I was on my own getting in my uh, dented 2014 Ford pickup and driving uh, two, three, four, five hours to local southwestern cities and doing shows for 10 or 20 people, right? Which to them, I, I suppose kind of fairly looked like a complete waste of time, right? And I know behind closed doors when I was not there, they were making fun of me for absolutely, right? Because they didn't see what I saw, right? But the reason why I was doing this uh, was because if there was, I felt like even like a 1% chance that I would meet somebody that could like maybe afford me some type of opportunity to do something, even like tangential to my dreams, right? Just anything, right? I would go, right? Oh, this person might be there that could possibly help me. Okay, I'm going, right? Like, okay, boom, I'll drive across the country, right? Maybe maybe nothing even happens, a waste of time. Oh, well, I tried, right? So that was like the guiding principle, right? And for that reason, I had uh, driven to Kansas City to shoot a music video with a friend of mine who I had done a couple of songs with and his uh, manager and video director at the time uh, was a, somebody that probably a lot of your audience is familiar with. And you, do you know Brett Malinowski? Like the Brett way? Do you know that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. cool. So it was Brett, right? Who, by the way, was also hearing that same theme that I, I just mentioned, right? All of his friends were in college, were doing sort of the, 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 he had started his own video agency. So he was driving around a city, shooting videos for local bars, things like that, making like 10, 20K a month of his agency, right? Uh, at, at the time, really good money for him. And we connected and then years down the line, whenever I had flown him out to Austin where I had moved to get the, you know, I got the sales job out of college doing the nine to five thing, but I was still doing music on the side, pursuing my passion. I was like, hey man, come shoot this music video for me. I'll fly you out. He's like, okay, cool. I'll shoot the video for free. He comes out and the whole time he's in, uh, and I'll always give him credit for this, right? Like there's a couple people I've met in my life who I can point to as like, they, they helped change my life. It's the, he's the biggest one, right? He was like, hey man. I know you've been trading crypto since the first bull market. Like you have the skills and, and you understand this industry. Have you been paying attention to NFTs? I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of. He's like, well, I think you should pay more attention. Um, so I said, okay. I was like the easiest sell ever because I mean, I was, I was like aware of, of this sort of emerging market, right? And the really short story is that I started trading these sort of crypto adjacent niche emerging markets and over the next six, six months, I got better and better at it to the point where trading these assets that most of the world didn't really understand was making me more money than I was making from my regular job, which was like $50,000 a year. But I mean, at the time, you know, at the time, like a few thousand dollars was a lot of money to me, right? Um, I was saving maybe like a thousand bucks a month or something at this time or less. And point is, then whenever... The whole world became enthused by crypto again, right? You remember like January of 2022, the sort of peak of that bull market. Um, I found myself very uniquely positioned in that, you know, my mom and my my mom's calling me like, hey, honey, what are these uh, board ape things? Like, uh, should I be buying Ethereum? <laughs> uh, and I, I'm like, mm, I go take a look at Google search trends, right? And I was like, wow, 
search trends are way up for all of these crypto adjacent terms, right? Um, and at the same time, Brett again was like, yeah, man, you know, you should, you should start making content. I've been making content, but doing really well. Like, uh, yeah, start posting YouTube videos. So I started posting YouTube videos and, um, yeah, in, in three weeks I went from no subscribers and no following on Twitter to about 20,000 subs and and maybe like 20,000 Twitter followers. It just exploded. Right. Because it right place, right time. Right. But I had spent really the last years amassing the skill set that was required to fill a massive information hole in the market, which people want content about this, right? And no one's, I felt like was doing a very good job delivering that. So three weeks after my first YouTube video, um, my audience picked my first business for me, which was to create a paid Discord community of about all the content I was creating because I was just getting on camera and like, hey guys, this is what I'm buying. This is what I'm selling. These are my trades, right? And people kept coming back every day because they were like, hey, that thing you said yesterday was it was going to go up or go down. It did. So they subscribed. They watched the next video, right? And uh, yeah, man, the super amended version is that on uh, January 21st, muted on a Zoom call at my sales job with a net worth of like $4,000. I launched 1,444 one-year access passes to a paid Discord community for 700 US dollars each, sold them out in about 45 minutes, um, looked at the revenue that we had just generated that totaled God knows how many years of salary in my current job. On Monday, um, I went in to quit my job, but my boss had already put time on my calendar because he had found out what had happened because I put it on YouTube. <laughs> and he was like, and he was super cool. He was really congratulatory. He was like, hey man, uh, great job. You really need to quit this job. I won't fire you unless you don't want to quit because you should not be working here anymore. Good luck. It's like, okay. And then I the, I served my two weeks. I, I did and I just ran my new business. So that was literally like zero, well, 4,000 to 750K in one move. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, we took like the, it, the payment was in crypto and what's very funny is that the night before launch, Ethereum took like a, $400 haircut. So what should have been, we should have cleared a million in revenue, did closer to like 750,000. Some of that top line revenue um, uh, immediately went to, you know, my dev team immediately went to people who helped me assemble this thing, right? So um, I was left with, you know, close to half a million to spend on this business, right? Which is like, a godsend when you're trying to get something off the ground, right? You know what I mean? So, um, and then I looked at this and I was like, well, now I need to not fuck this up. And now I need to deliver a lot of value to these people who entrust me with their money, right? The, uh, it was the first business I ever started online. And, um, you know, we ended up converting it about a year later to a monthly subscription-based uh, U.S. dollar service. I, I, that's the sign you see right there. It's champs only. I still run that business. We're still one of the most active um, sort of like crypto trading group related communities uh, on the internet. And, and, you know, over half of the amount of people who bought this year one passes came back and resubscribed in the middle of a bear market. So I like to think we did a good job delivering value for those year one passes. But I mean, I'm sort of rambling. The point is, yes, uh, three weeks after I posted my first YouTube video, my first business generated 
um, like 15 years worth of my annual salary at that job in less than an hour. How much of that is due to being in the right place, right time? All of it. All of it. Right. Yeah. But, but here's what people don't understand. Being in the right place at the right time is a skill, is a learnable skill. So what could these guys do to make sure that they're in the right place more often than they are right now? Do the thing that nobody wants to do because it's the hardest thing to do, which is think, right? Like so often, and I, you probably fall victim to this, and I do really bad. I get stuck in days and days and days of, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I have to get on this meeting. I have to do this. I have to do this task. I have to uh, run this. I have to build this. And I'll realize that 72 hours have passed without me really doing any critical thinking about where the future of the world is going. So I know that sounds sort of abstract and obnoxious, like, oh, just think, right? But I really mean that because the the only reason why I was so far ahead of most of the world on that trend is the same reason why a couple of these guys who started AI software development agencies have made so much money in the past six to eight months, right? Because they were being perspicacious and spending less time trying to emulate their peers and more time trying to think about in what direction they believe the world is going. So, um, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a simply solvable puzzle, right? And if I, if I knew what the next thing after AI is going to be, I I promise you I would get on camera and I, I would say it because then I could point at it in a year and be like, ha I told you, but I, like, I don't, I don't know. And you probably, but, but, but the point is you're spending time daily thinking about what it could be. Yes, absolutely. Which, which 99% of the world aren't. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I try and piece I, I, I try and sort of have a radar active at all times as I am on any social media platform, as I am looking at, you know, content from big YouTubers in our space, right? And and continually be piecing together like, oh, what do I think these guys are thinking about and what do they think the next thing is, right? So some people who are in your position or my position will, will say that, you know, oh, I I never consume content, right? I don't watch anyone else's, da, da, da. I, I just create, right? I consume content, but I consume content expressly with the intention of studying, right? Like, why would I not watch Iman's videos, right? Like, he's he's the best in the game right now. Right? I, I watch Iman's videos from the point of view is, okay, what frameworks has he put into this video in order to capture attention, Hold the attention. What's he selling? What's the offer? If he isn't selling an offer that converts to dollars, wh- what is he? What is he pushing it to down the track? How's he converting that? You know what? Look, how's he structuring the thumbnail? How's he? How's he? How's he color grading the video? What's the setting? Are the graphics? Like, I'm looking at. I'm looking at in how and analyzing it from that point of view. What's, yes. he, what's he putting in here? How's yes. what? Why is he so good? Because he's because like Iman Gadzi, he's creating cinematic. Netflix style videos on YouTube, which other people aren't even anywhere close to. Yes. So it's like, you know, if, if you've got someone like that in your face doing that, rather than consuming the content from the point of view of like, okay, 
I want to just learn the point of the video. How about you can look at it from the point of view of like, I just want to objectively observe how he's taking this stranger and turning him into someone that's not a stranger and how's it and what's he doing with that person's information. Right. And, and once you get to that level of the like a lot of people watching this video have have probably graduated from the level of like, OK, I'm watching I'm watching Iman to learn the five hacks to be a high value man. Right. And have graduated to the point of, oh, wait, we can watch these videos to learn how to build a business which took him home $22 million in profit last year, right? Because, like, it's all there for free, right? Or or, or not necessarily for free. Maybe you have to actually buy a couple of the offers to figure out how it's structured, right? But, like, I'm sure you've, you're familiar with Russell Brunson, right? Like, yeah, the god, yeah. basically the godfather of internet marketing, right? Um, and he talks a lot about something called funnel hacking, which is essentially just, like, walking through the, the product funnels of his competitors to learn how they're structuring them, right? Like, YouTube is the exact same thing, right? Content is the exact same thing. So like, you don't know how to, okay, maybe you don't know how to storytell and, and, and sell to organic audiences. Maybe you don't understand how to structure a funnel that goes from YouTube to email list to webinar to three-part series to one-time offer to upsell on the high-ticket offer. Okay, cool. Go watch his or any of these other YouTubers pour me a high-level video and you can learn, right? Like it's literally right there. But the problem is, and I think where so many people make mistakes is that they're not iterating in interesting ways, right? And you know this, right? Like if you get on YouTube right now, <laughs> you will go find, you could go find a hundred videos of people with 1,000 subs who have never made more than $100,000 profit on the internet that have a little red light stick on one side and a little blue light bulb on the other side who has the who have the exact same editing style as Iman who copy the thumbnails who use the it's not just Iman but he's just a good example because he's the biggest in the game right now who use the titles right and miss the whole point of like success leaves clues but in order to be the next whoever right like you have to iterate and make it interesting in your own right, right? You can't just equal someone's content. You've got to go above and beyond it in content, in content. And you've got to come at it from an angle that is unique to you. Exactly. And, and another great example, you know Jordan Welsh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another great example, right? Okay, now if you get on YouTube, there are 100 videos uh, titled, you know, uh, and asking the five millionaires how they got rich right with the same little yellow box thumbnail as jordan the little arrow right okay again that is never going to work jordan invented that style what did jordan do though he looked at a bunch of other youtubers that were that were performing very well he studied how they structure their content and then he took the time again to think about where does my unique skill set fit into this? What am I uniquely interested in and how can I make it my own, right? I was I was studying Logan Paul's podcast and I was studying Jordan Welch because obviously he's interviewing a lot of people yes. that I'll probably interview and the people I've already interviewed, right? So I was studying uh, Logan and I was studying Jordan and I was seeing how they're putting the videos together. And the one and the one thing that stood out to me that I think I've got to put it put into the podcast in my own way is having someone, a videographer, put behind these cameras shooting point of view content doing the little switch around in inside things to make it more personal yeah logan it, uses the hand to, cam. To, to, to make it more active during the podcast because those camera angle changes invigorate the user and keep it and hold and hold the view time longer 
And and you can see it in every video when you analyze it. So I'm not only looking at it from like great interview, mate. I'm looking at it from the point of view of that. I love the way that you've done that. But I'm not just going to straight on copy you and say, oh, just take that and boom, slap that in my videos. Because that's not, it needs to be uniquely, a unique way of, of how we do it. But but I need to add that in. So it's like find an element around what someone else is doing, like what you're saying. And put your unique spin on it to make sure that it correlates with actually who you are. Right. Because otherwise, that's when you get found out on the back end. Right. So the so the takeaway, exactly. The takeaway isn't like, oh my God, I have to put a hand cam in my podcast. The takeaway is, oh, I should think about how to add an invigorating and, and stimulating visual element to capture users' attention. What can I do that is yeah. that fits me that yeah. is that, right? And maybe for you, it's something completely different. But yeah, that's like the exact concept that I was getting at. And the, yeah, and the, it's it's hard because a lot of this content and, and you and I even probably fall victim to this with our content, like the content, the, the what is going to get you the most views and is going to appeal to the most audience is framing it as if these things are easy and they need to just do exactly what you are doing. But that's just not the way the world works. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So. But but also one thing I've learned from analyzing what other people are doing, like your man, like Jordan, like all the people that you're talking about, like other these top entrepreneurs like Hormozzi's content. Let's just take Hormozzi for an example. He's got con- different pillars of content that go out there. He's got content that ap- ap- appears to a broader audience, like he might talk around how to uh, get the best meal deal out of Chipotle, which is a very very broad audience, right? He hits a broad audience, and then he he hits he hits. He, he produces content to keep the existing people that follow him. So he's he's always going out to different angles all the time. So he's curating new audience and, and retaining that and capturing that attention. But he's also creating stuff for his existing audience. And he has a fine balance between the two to make sure that he's hitting every angle. So he's growing. Uh, and a lot of uh, I think I think that's where like even when you looked at my channel, you said, "Oh, Frankie, like it's all it's all um, it's all you interviewing people." Like, but there's no content of you on there. It's like well. That's obvious. Like I, I, I've I've seen that myself, and I realise that if I want to grow at the same rate as you on YouTube, I've got it. I've got to put myself out there as much as I have other guests. So it's like you can learn so much just by having these little insights, and they're they're so they're in front of you. But like you said before, not enough people are spending enough time to think, sit there and think. Okay, objectively look at what you look at what you're doing. And objectively sit there and say, Do you know what? What am I missing? What's and what? What am I not seeing? And and it just takes that moment of just you being sat there with yourself. Sounds so simple. Sounds so woo-woo. But I bet that's when some of the biggest breakthroughs for you have come. Isn't it? It's so funny, right? Because I, uh, I'm i not a vacation guy. And entrepreneurs all struggle with it, right? Like, or just high drive people, right? You're probably the exact same way, right? Like, you know, oh, you you're going to the beach for five days, ah, but you bring the laptop and then, uh, you know, honey, sorry, I'll be out in just a second. I got to handle something. Five hours go by. You're still in the hotel room. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're sitting yeah, out yeah, email. Yeah. Like it's, it is what it is. But what's very interesting is that a lot of the biggest breakthroughs that I've had and a lot of the biggest in most fruitful ideas I've ever had have come from the times whenever I make myself not work. A great example is, is, fitness and it actually is conduciveness to making more money so i would say that 80 percent of the ideas that i execute on throughout the day i have when i am at the gym in the morning right like literally like 
You know what I mean? I used to not want to go to the gym first thing in the morning because I was like, oh, well, that's when I'm smartest. I, I do a lot of my deep work during that time. And then I, what I started realizing is that I go to the gym and I have all of the smart ideas that power me to do intelligent work throughout the day while I'm doing something that isn't working, right? And another thing on that topic, it's not just thinking alone, it's traveling and it's conversing, right? Like you and I are right now. So traveling is never a waste of money, right? And actually spending a lot of money on traveling will make you a bunch more money. And here's why. If the only place that you were consuming information from is the internet, you are at an objective disadvantage when it comes to the speed of information. And I know we live in the information age and Twitter or X, excuse me, is almost like a stream of consciousness platform at this point. But undeniably, if you were getting all of your information from podcasts, from YouTube, from social media, that is information that has already been thought of and shared in conversations like this one and sort of mold over and eventually it makes its way uh, to you over the internet. And what's very interesting is that if you begin traveling, especially to foreign countries and immersing yourself in different environments and just meeting people and speaking to people, right? What you will find is that you've begun unlocking all of this new information that while it may seem totally unrelated to my business, right? Like it's hard for me to explain objectively why visiting Paris and Rome allowed me to come home and start a new business that did over $100,000 the first month. But in my head, it makes perfect sense because I just went and got exposed to a bunch of new information that I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. And I had time to think and I met people who inspired me even tangentially to do these things. So I think that it's like a trap that people fall into of sitting at home in these uh, glass boxes in the sky all day thinking that the only way that they're going to make more money is to fucking squeeze an idea out of their brain when in reality, if me sitting here talking to you, I will probably learn something that will help me make more money this month like just from speaking to you. You know what I mean? Because you, you, you curate ideas between yourselves. If you're both in a similar industry and you both had different experiences from different places, you might you might ask me a question. And I might have learned something in Australia that might unlock the box for you. Exactly. You don't have to go to Australia to learn that if I've already been there. But but because we're in the room together, it's it, and it's not like this in the DMs. Me and you have talked on the DMs before we met here today to do this. It's not the same. It's like three words. Three it, words per message. Do you know what I'm saying? Though? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. It's, you're never gonna. You're never gonna get the value. One of the things that I've seen that you're uniquely good at, and I think I've been all right at as well is you've been able to put yourself in situations where you go in on the ski slopes with Luke Belmar, where you go into like the Capital Club events, where you're putting yourself in a room with the Collins of the world. So how have you curated that so that oh, I want this audience to be able to go and curate these relationships that unlock these levels that you're talking about? Quick one for you guys. This podcast is sponsored by contentremover.com. As many of you are probably aware, I set up contentremover.com in 2017 to help people remove all forms of online content and I've looked after some of the biggest names and brands in the world doing it and I would love to help you if you're struggling. If you're struggling to remove images, videos, search results, fake accounts or anything online, go to contentremover.com and we'll help you today. And I think at the core of this question is also a fundamental misunderstanding that a lot of people have. People think that the way to get in the door of these rooms that they want to be in is to walk up and 
shove the door open, get their foot in the door and pry it open and brute force their way in until finally everyone's like, oh, okay, you can hang out with us. You know what I mean? We'll be friends. When in reality, the best way to get in that door to that room that you want to be with, with these people that you idolize is to walk up, knock on the door and leave something valuable on the doorstep and begin walking away. And that individual or those individuals in that room that you want to occupy are going to open that up. And if what you've left for them is valuable enough, they're going to call you back into that room. They're going to invite you in, right? Then and only then should you be in that room. And as a matter of fact, if you are not positioned to do that, then the answer is not to look outwardly and try and figure out like, oh, I need to know this person. Like, oh, I need to uh, have this connection. No, the answer is to look inward, right? And figure out how you can become a person who can provide enough value to somebody of that caliber and then sort it out, right? Like, so it's about, it's about you. It's, it's not about them. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's never, ever been about them. It's always been about how you can conduct yourself. Your inner, inner conversation is, is everything because every conversation you have internally reflects externally anyway. So what, if you were going to give this audience the golden ticket in order to, you know, have that internal conversation and what that internal conversation should be, what would your advice be? You have to, first of all, you have to accept the reality, which is that if you become the person that you dream of becoming, all of these other sort of tangential issues will disappear, right? Russell Brunson, who we mentioned earlier, um, in his webinar sales framework, talks about something that he calls the big domino, right? So you're, you're a sales guy, which is that when you're trying to sell something to someone, if you can figure out what their big domino is, their big problem, that if they solved this, it would solve all their other problems, i.e. like if I handed you a billion dollars right now, it would probably fix basically everything else that, that you're worrying about for the most part, right? Like, that same principle applies to the things that you were trying to achieve in life, except your big domino is just becoming the most actualized version of yourself, right? So the very first thing that we have to do is take extreme radical accountability for the fact that everything wrong with our lives is 100% our fault, which might sound kind of insensitive, but actually is the most pleasant reality because if that's the case, cool, that means I have the power to fix all of them instead of being sort of at the mercy of a bunch of issues that I can't control, right? So that's the initial conversation that everybody has to have. I think when you look at most people's businesses, like when I, objectively, and, and, and they tell me that they're struggling with any part of their business, the biggest domino that is always there is like more leads. Just drive more traffic, drive more leads. 100% of the time, in my experience, I've seen that if you drive more leads to someone, and they just convert at the same rate they're converting anyway. They'll have more money and that solves all the problems in their business. Mm -hmm. But yet they want to go, they want to go find out the morning routine or they want to go find out every other, every other routine. They want to go meditate. They want to go, they want to go for the sauna. They want to go for the red light therapy and all that stuff. But like the, the answer in most people's businesses is drive more leads, convert some of them. And you've, you've now got more money at the end of it. And that's going to solve all the problems. And the, and the, th the biggest thing in most people's lives is going to change it is like actually sit there with yourself and ask yourself, what do I want for myself? Write down in a journal who I am on this side of the paper and actually be radically honest. Write down on this side, who do I want to become? And then, and then the gap in the middle, that's your domino. 
and what, whatever whatever domino within that gap can be knocked over the fastest way to close the gap that is what you want to do yeah not all this other shit that people keep regurgitating on the internet the five steps to happiness the five steps to being more abundant in your life because that's just youtube tiles and youtube tiles are not going to take you from where you want to go right now and where you are sat to where you want to be objectively because it's a dis- because it's just the easy thing to do. It's a distraction, right? So 90% of planning is procrastination disguised, right? Because you can sit and make a 10-step plan for how you're going to make a million dollars, right? And you can spend 10 months making that plan, right? Here's the problem. Step one is not going to go how you think it's going to go. And then you're going to have to rewrite the other nine anyway, right? Like, so as soon as you have that base level conception of what the big domino is, right? The big goal. And as soon as you have the first one to two steps planned out, your responsibility is not to sit there and pontificate about whether or not you're making the right decision because the only way you're going to know if you're making the right decision is to try it, right? And it's not a coincidence that Tesla and all these other multi-billion, billion dollar companies are operated by people like Elon who operate under the principle of break shit, try again, over and over again. Right. So watching a million self-improvement podcasts, procrastination. That's why I say in all these videos, finish this YouTube video and then close your laptop and go do something that you've learned. Right. Well, the whole the whole point of me asking the questions that I ask and trying to get the value out of you is because I want to give people something one percent today that they can implement from, that from today is going to move them forward. Yeah. Like I don't. Obviously, look. I want you to consume the whole video, and I want you to watch it. And I, but I, but I, uh, at the core heart of that is, you need to get value from that value that you can implement today. Value that you will implement today. Because then, if you, then if I know if you implement it, you, not only will you push yourself forward, but you've just you've got a good experience. And that's what that's what I believe separates the the the, the either the top ten percent of podcasts and the zero point one percent is that thing is like is the value implementable. And there's a lot of people consuming content that they cannot even implement yet. Like, why would you be looking at the marketing plan of your business when you haven't even got the LLC set up or you haven't even got a business or you haven't even got a client? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like this, this is where people, people that having steps is not a problem. It's, but, but actually objectively look at where you are and say, is this step that I'm looking at? Can I actually extract any value out the step? And is the step even needed? Because am I even at the point where I can actually step across to get onto that step yeah but nobody wants to have that dialogue with themselves because it's way easier to just get up in the morning and listen to your self-improvement podcast at the gym then when you get home you're like oh man i learned so much like i'm getting so much better today and then just do absolutely nothing to progress towards your goals but then at least when you go to bed you're like oh but i but i i want i got better today you know i watched the podcast so like I, I understand how sort of like bathed in irony this might sound while I sit on a podcast, but like, dude, I don't want, like, my goal is not for the people who watch my content to binge watch all of it for a hundred hours straight. It's to watch it until they get enough value. They feel like they can go improve their life somehow and then go work on that until they need me again. Right. Yeah. And here's why, if that's the case, even if the audience grows slower, every single one of my audience members will be much more valuable. Right. So and it's the reason why, for example, whenever I I launched my inner circle business, which we we uh, did fifty spots for at a few thousand bucks for a few months, it's a reason why 
even though I only have uh, like 60,000 subs on YouTube at the time I had like 50,000 um, even though the video that I posted for it only got like five or, or 10,000 views um, my 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 Twitter's a little bit bigger I have 150,000 on Twitter but my Instagram at the time was like 10,000 people anyway it's the reason why with a couple of Instagram stories and why with one YouTube video we were able to really easily fill those spots right and it, it, it's because quality of audience matters right but on the topic of audience, I want to circle back to something you said earlier because I'm really, I'm very passionate about this subject. Um, you, you, you brought up leads, right? So, and I'm kind of a radical thinker on this front, but I think that the idea of, and I'll explain how this is going to go in a second. I think that the idea of a CEO without a personal brand is going to become completely obsolete. And as a matter of fact, I think that the term personal brand is going to become completely obsolete reputation it's just you right in an increasingly digital world that in the next 10 years is going to look a lot more like black mirror a lot faster than people think it is yeah. i think this notion of being a high performing entrepreneur really entrepreneur individual in general without having you know an audience or a swath of people online who know about you and your achievements is, is not going to exist right and, and and sorry, and for that reason, right, when you think about leads, and, and this is not me suggesting that paid traffic is not going to be useful for businesses in the future. It will always be useful because there's always more people to reach, certainly. But there's a reason why um, the most famous and relevant entrepreneur of arguably our generation, Elon didn't run ads for Tesla for how many years, right? They didn't do marketing. That's the biggest exercise in personal brand we've ever seen, right? He he basically ran it where he, he developed the product and so that the product could be told to, you know, you can go and tell someone else about the Tesla and someone else about the Tesla, the same way that Hormozzi did with his book. Right, right. You know, it's, it's built into the product. Right. The referability is built into the product of what he's doing. Right, but, 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 but what I'm suggesting to you is like Elon, Elon was the marketing, just like anything that Hormozzi created. It doesn't matter what Hormozzi makes now, right? It doesn't matter what Elon puts out. He he could he could literally write a uh, he could just write he could make up a name on a napkin tomorrow and incorporate a new company and be a billion dollar company overnight because you, you know what I mean like it doesn't and that's the power of personal brand so when when it comes to the topic of leads right because you're one hundred percent right about that if you want to make money on the internet you have to sell things to people so you need someone to sell it to I think that everyone that's trying to make money on the internet should be pursuing a personal brand because it just gives you the most leverage and flexibility right. You can you can start one business. It can fail. Okay, cool. You still have leads because you have a brand, right? So, will you think about what me and you have done? What me and you have done when we we were talking about this before as we started the podcast in terms of what the content creation that we do and the amount of money that me and you both spend on on creating content for other people. Essentially, it, it, we we don't make money on the front end of that. Do you know what I'm saying? But but what but what we do make money on is the back end knowledge of what we get by being in the room with like me and you. We'll have a conversation. We'll find a way to make money. You know, you'll go and meet Luke Belmar. You and Luke will sit down. Luke will tell you an insight in that conversation that you've spent 20 grand on producing. And that insight will go and make you $100,000. Exactly. And that's what people don't understand. And so people don't understand. That's why, like, 
if you look at a mastermind event, right? A lot of these events are ten, twenty thousand dollars to attend for three days, right? If you look at an event like that and your first thought is there's no way it could be worth twenty thousand dollars, then your brain isn't at the level it needs to be to actually make a lot of money online. Like it just isn't, right? Because or maybe your life just isn't where it needs to be, right? And that's fine. And I wasn't in a position where that would have been the case even one year ago, right? Even after I had made some money. I, I didn't have systems and things at the ready that that would have been valuable to me, right? Now I'm in a position where an, an event that I attended recently, which which cost $15,000 to attend, in retrospect, was a complete no-brainer. Why? Well, uh, let's see. I, I met somebody who is now running all paid ads for one of my businesses at a positive return on ad spend. So I'll make, I'll make back that money 100%. I also met three new clients of mine whose LTV will probably exceed $15,000 each. Right. And I also like, but it's because I had these like things to plug into at the ready. Right. But you're 100% right in that you have to sort of reframe the idea that the way you think about money And if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a day will come where you spend more per day on your enterprises probably than you make per month right now. And it's going to feel really scary at first, but that's the sort of, that's the path that you have to go on. How much is Hermosi spending on content a month, do you you think? So when I spoke to Hermosi on the Zoom years ago, Hermosi was spending about 20 grand a month, but he's now spending anywhere between... 100 to 150 grand a month us that plus, actually seems like pretty cost effective for plus, what he's doing. plus i think he spends a, that's in-house i think and i think he spends another 100k on top of that i'm sure he spends over a quarter million dollars yeah month, that, on, that, i'm looking at it objectively i'm saying that's what yeah. that's that's kind of what he said on the internet you know what i'm saying yeah 100 and i'm sure he does and i'm sure it's amazingly beautifully spent money and i'm sure he's trying to spend more but if if he had got the views and he had done the impressions and and done and done the brand value he would have spent two and a half to four million per month for the same 250 in paid ads exactly so that's what i was going to say how many views do you have total on your youtube channel you said it's two and a half million at the moment but this is but two and a half million on the youtube channel but the youtube channel is, is the smallest channel right right but okay so it, what i'm what i'm suggesting is that if we took the total amount of organic impressions that you have and you figured out how much that would cost you in ad spend It'd be way higher and your YouTube audience is all warm leads, yeah. right? They're, they're, they're warm leads and creating YouTube videos is literally like nurturing and framing your audience, right? And I don't mean to sound like, I don't think it's good as a content creator to be always thinking through it from this sort of like commoditized perspective of like, how can I get them ready for the next thing that I'm trying to sell? But uh, newsflash, guys, if you're watching Iman's channel, every single video, if it's not selling you something, is getting you framed to buy something. Like, yeah. it's a business. It's 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 their business. It, 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 has to, it has to be that way. The, the only reason he's able to produce the content at that level is because he's monetized. It's because the content makes money. Yeah, and if he's... The content a, didn't make money, like, you wouldn't be able to keep doing it. And he's a beast, right? Like, I, he is doing everything... Right, right. Like I'm not, I like any any of like he's him and Hermosi and I mean Hermosi's. I, I would say at a, at a different level than like anyone else right now, just because of his his degree of like business acumen before he had a brand, right? Uh, online. But with that said, right, like I, I'm saying none of this in a bad way. Like he's fucking smashing it. 
but it is what it is, right? Like, but but part of the reason Hormozzi smashed it is because he's edited and nuanced with the platform and done all that and spent the money. That's arguably why he's growing, and there's no doubt that that's true. But also, let's not forget, before he put a piece of content out online, he'd already had a $40 million exit from a company, you know, before he started doing content. So he had... A, a, he had completed something that 0.001% of the world had ever completed. So therefore, instantly you want to subscribe to someone like that because he's done something that you aspire to do. So it's it's not just about because we could all we could all go and spend 200k a month and produce the content. I you know if if I go and spend 200k and produce equally as good as Hormozy, I'm still not Hormozy. Because I've not sold a company for 40 million. I've not built 100 million's worth of things. So I st- my words do not carry the same weight as Hormozy. So it's all, it's not just about the content production. It's about what what is your unique take? Where can you add value to the world? And ha- you know, and is that value enough to be able to swing that thing? And and people like Iman, uh, he, he's, he's, he's been there, seen it and done it over years and done the reps to do it. And, and, and Hormozy's done the same. And that's why they they're growing at, su- as, at such a rate, not just because of the content production, because when he was shooting flat screen, one camera, lifting his box open, he still had hundreds of thousands yep. of subscribers. Yep. So it's not even... And you look at... There's there's a guy called Sam Sulek, Sam Sulek the bodybuilder at the moment, yeah. right? He just puts a tripod up in the gym and shoots it. But guess what? The reason why people watch him is because he's he, he's a big dude that's been working half a year, documenting the process of growing he's growing his his body. Online. Same thing. It's like his body is his resume. It, it, it's like he's got he's proven it in, in he's a pr- his proofs in the pudding of what. He's right, doing. right. So so look at like Sam Ovens as well, for example. Yeah. Do you, you know Sam yeah, Ovens? Yeah, like, yeah. Dudes, dude has videos with millions of views that are him holding an iPhone like this, just talking for an hour and a half, right? But it's such a wealth of value and knowledge that like. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. And by that same uh, merit, rights Until recently, n- now my I, I've now this is no longer the case because I've had a, a number of videos do very well. But until like six months ago, dude, a lot of my most viewed videos were filmed on a shitty MacBook camera and OBS, terrible editing. The audio was awful, right? But the, the, what mattered was that I was giving people information that they desperately wanted at that yeah. time, right? And so that's the thing. Uh, people will DM me on Instagram and be like, oh, why isn't, uh, you know, my account's not growing or like my store's not making any revenue or like, oh, what are the hacks to make my TikTok blow up? And it's like value, value, right? So like, why are you trying to blow up your TikTok if you're an uninteresting person with no value out of the world? It'll never happen, right? So I could po- I could hire 50 billion editors to post 100 videos of me saying some dumb shit that added no value to the world and it would get no views and it wouldn't matter, right? So like when you look at what Tate did, when you look at what Mook did, uh, I would say he did it, you know, most, he's the most similar example to what Andrew did with, with TikTok, right? Well- like it's because they're saying interesting and compelling things on camera. I, I th- obviously, look, you know, I, I've I've met Luke once, but I, I know you know him on a lot deeper level than yeah. me. But like, if you look at Luke Belmar and what he's achieved in in this world with his personal brand, as we as we as we like as we call it these days, what 
he's obviously reverse engineered that outcome. So what, what framework have you seen Luke reverse engineer to get the outcome that he's got? Like, how did he look at it from a content perspective? Yeah, so Luke's really, Luke is super intelligent. And what, what Luke understood from the get-go is that on top of having to create really, really compelling and interesting content that people want to watch, because if all the little TikToks and the sound bites and the clips that you're grabbing aren't interesting, it doesn't matter. Like I just said, he understood that this is a numbers game and you have to scale out horizontally, that there is probably a finite amount of time that this opportunity window is open, right? What we what we look at with TikTok and Instagram reasonable platforms right now, the ability to reach massive amounts of audiences, right? But something that, that, that Luke said to me one time that I always sort of go back to is he was like, dude, if I have 150 pages and they all post the same clip and each of those clips get 10,000 views, how many views is that from only getting 10,000 views per video? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is, oh, yes, that is a lot of impressions. And you look at him going and build almost a 200,000 person newsletter in like a couple months that's the and and that's why right but it's it's not just it doesn't matter like a hundred other entrepreneurs that aren't luke could do that with and try to scale out horizontally across all these platforms and it still wouldn't work because they're not a compelling character right so luke is also just a very skilled orator he just understands how to speak um and he also understands something very important which is that short form algorithms don't discriminate between positive and negative interaction right like they just need engagement so i think he does a good job of not being like overly inflammatory on purpose right but like there are a lot of he he has pretty radical viewpoints on a lot of things and he expresses those outwardly very obviously and he just has super smart people around him he understands how to build good teams and by expressing that narrative and getting people to have their own opinion in the comments, whether it agrees with the video or disagrees, that, that pushes that even further. So it's like every, every everything that Luke says is a, is, is a truth that you will either be antagonized by or completely on board with. Yeah. And what happens when you create those compelling arguments and those compelling pieces of content is that every man and his dog wants to argue in the comments about whether this is true or whether it's false yep. and Luke doesn't care whether you believe him or not believe him because you just push his content further to the people that do resonate with him and then he can get them on the email list as a back story right right and he but the the sort of critical thing to understand is that like he's talking about things that he actually believes and is and and and, and is passionate about and, and understands at least from his perspective to be the truth about the world. And that's the thing that people don't get. I think that guys fall into this trap where they're only wanting to be controversial and they only want to sort of ruffle feathers without the understanding of the the consequence that that has to you as a human being, which is that if you are constantly playing sort of algo games or becoming a slave to the algo, right? Which is that every day I'm waking up and I'm thinking, like what content can I create to get the biggest reaction possible with sort of disregard to who I am as a human being, right? So as an example, let's say, um, I, actually, I, I don't, all the examples I'm thinking of off the top of my head are, are things that I don't want to 
say. But anyway, let's say I'm getting on camera and I'm saying something uh, very offensive or very controversial that I don't actually believe, right? The consequence to that is that when it comes around years from now and you've amassed hundreds of thousands or millions of people in your audience who believe that to be your viewpoint, right? You have no grounds to stand on to say like, oh, that isn't me, right? So you have to understand the hole that you're digging for yourself and how important it is that if you're going to purposefully try and drive controversy, you do it by being an exaggerated version of what you actually believe because I have, and I, I, I will not, I certainly will not say any names, but I have a couple of of friends, some of whom are close friends, and I'm and not Luke or really anyone, even Luke adjacent, but um, who have had really big viral moments that got them a lot of negative attention, and they were like, "Dude, I don't even actually think the thing that I said on camera in that TikTok," and I'm like. Well, that sucks. It, 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 you, ha- you really have to... Uh, I've been growing slowly over a long period of time and had, had spurts where I've grown faster in terms of the podcast, but I'm glad I'm growing at a, a compounding rate that's conducive to me staying in alignment. Yeah. Like, I don't want to step out of alignment just to grow quicker. I, I know a lot faster ways I could have got to 100K subs on YouTube, for sure, right? You, you, I, I, I know, to, I know how to get there. We could get on, but, 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 but the thing is, I don't want to do the thing that's going to get me there in that way. I would rather, I would rather grind. I'd rather, I'd rather it take longer. I will, I will do it another way. You've got to be, you got. I think one of the agreements you've got to have when you're sat there with yourself in front of your journal is this: It's like, what am I? If this is my goal. This is truly my goal, and this is what I've got my heart set on, which for me is to grow one of the biggest educational podcasts in the world. If that's truly your goal, how long are you willing to play that game for? Mm. Well, for me, as an entry-level, base-level, I had the agreement from the start that it was going to be a 10-year game. Mm. I'm four and a half, four, four, four and a bit years into it. I agreed it was going to be a 10-year game at the start. I won't even worry about all this crap until we're at the 10-year point, you know, because then you're not, you're not negating your tr- your true self. You're not stepping over that line where you go, oh, I regret that. I regret I regret saying that. I regret doing this. No, no, no. Just go out for 10 years, put value out into the world, do 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 what you can do. Yeah, you're going to have growth moments. Yeah, you're going to have moments where it slows down, but stay conducive to who you are and, and, don't, and don't fuck around because as soon as you step out of line, the way that you've just explained there how some of your friends have, now you've created a problem for yourself. And then you've got, and then you've got to deal with it potentially the same way that Andrew Tate had to deal with it because there was stuff in his early content days that was getting two thousand views that, that that ended up in court for him on the back end of that, you know, that that completely taken out of context as to what he actually meant. And I suppose when you when you actually meet when you actually meet these people, then they're, they're nothing like what you what you see online. Nothing like. And that's that's the biggest problem in today and age. Exactly, but in an increasingly digital world, like I said earlier, is that not actually you? Or if you spend more time online than you do in person, is that you, right? Like, yeah. And these lines become blurred, and it's something that people who aren't content creators don't understand, right? But it's weird to be 
two different people online and offline. And that's why I, just like you, it sounds, have made the conscious choice of trying to be the exact same person. Because it would be very odd if the cameras shut off and then I was like, hey, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just, I, I think that's strange. But yeah, dude, you're right. Like, yeah, you and I could get on camera for this podcast and pull up a list of 10 or 20 different subjects that would be sure to incite a lot of controversy, run through them all, get at least 10 or 20 clips that could hit the IG Reels algo and hit the TikTok algo, but it's the wrong kind of attention. My One of my video editors that creates specifically for TikTok says to me all the time, Frankie, if you can ask about this topic and this topic, this topic is, is trend at the moment. If you can ask the guests this month about that and to weave that in somehow, if you can weave it in, you know, these clips are going to go viral. Well, I don't want to do that because that compromises who I am uh, because I'll, because that's not what I'm genuinely thinking when I'm trying to extract value and give this to these people here who are watching this content. Right. That puts me out of alignment, which means I don't enjoy what I'm doing anymore, which means am I going to keep turning up to podcast? Every right. Week? I'm not going to be able to do that. I've flown around the world for four years doing the podcast because I love it. I fucking love it. I'm not going to love it if I've got to curate it in terms of I curate exactly what I need you to say. I need you to go down this this line because that's going to create three viral clips potentially that get anywhere from 50,000 to a million views on TikTok. Fuck that. I'm not living life like that. And I, I think we've got to get out of this mentality where we're talking about quick wins. One of the biggest people you can follow online is Naval Ravikant. Naval, read his book, if you the Alamak of Naval Ravikant, because like, you, you want to play long-term games with long-term people. You want to build long-term relationships because every place that you've made money has been from observing people that you were going to have a long-term relationship with and, get, and extracting information from them and giving them information. And that's how you've made money and that's how you, you will continue to make money. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, the short-term win people blow up and go off the track because all they're doing is capturing the wrong kind of attention they get too confident within themselves and they fall off. Yeah, guys, every single every single person that I've ever met that I looked up to, that I want to emulate, when I met them, I discovered one common theme, which is that all of them were given their first big opportunity or had their first big moment powered by somebody that they had befriended who helped them, either directly or or indirectly via association. And that is okay. So the easiest thing that you can do after you watch this video to begin changing the directory of your life, excuse me, changing the direction of your life is thinking about what kind of person or rather what situation do I want to be in down the line five, 10 years from now? How can I begin immersing myself in circles of people like this? And how can I add value to these people without asking for anything in return and be okay with doing that indefinitely until an opportunity arises where they help lift me up? Because it will happen. It happened to me. It happened to all the people that we just talked about who are crushing it right now if you go watch their old youtube videos and sort of see these breadcrumb trails you will see exactly what i'm talking about and i'm willing to bet it probably happened to you as well so the the from interviewing 200 plus top entrepreneurs and another 200 beyond that 
that are off the podcast and having the connections that I've built and the connections that you've built, I'm telling you, there is not one single person in this world that could honestly sit there, honestly, look me in the eye and tell me they're self-made. I was about to say, the only self-made man is the first man on the planet. Self, self-made men, women, dogs, children do not exist, right? They do not exist. Let me give you an example of, of, of one man that's smashing it with, that we've talked about on this podcast, Iman Gadzi. Iman Gadzi created a phenomenal brand. Let me, let, me, let me take it full circle for you. I don't know if you know this, right? There's a guy that owns a, a company called Gemflow. It's called Shan Hanif, right? Shan Hanif started Gemflow. He put Iman Gadzi on as a videographer off, off his YouTube videos in the early days, right? They took on work for Gymshark, right? Shan went on to have a, 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 an app called Affiliate and then went on to set up Gemflow uh, and, build his, and build his agency brand. Iman went off on his way, did his thing. Shan gave Iman his start, right? Iman now employs Shan's agency for Educate.io and on all these other stuff that he's doing, right? They're both friends. They both make money together. They're both smashing it. But one gave one an opportunity and then the other one's returned an opportunity. So what have they done? They've played what I term as business tennis. Someone, Shan, fucking hit the ball over the net. Iman hit the ball back and smashed it out of the ballpark with his videography and everything he's doing for the Gymshark stuff and this, that, and the other. And then further down the line, the ball's been hit back. And that and those two have been playing tennis for the last 10 years. And guess what's happened? Shan's got a company worth 100 million plus, right? Iman's worth 100 million plus, right? Because they played tennis together, right? In the business sense, because they played long-term games, long-term people, and they're going to make lots of money together. And that is why... When you when you're doing it doesn't matter what business you're doing, do not try and smack the other person right in the face for the biggest deal when out the gate when you first meet them. Right? Just play the long term game. Hit the fucking ball back. You know what I'm saying? Give give, give a bit more. Hit the ball back. Play play fucking tennis. Stop trying to fucking serve aces down the middle of the court because that's what every other motherfucker's doing, and that's why ninety percent of people lose. Because they've got this self-made mentality where they want to serve aces at other people. And that is a perfect example in my mind that I could just think of off the top of my head where two people have played tennis and they're still playing tennis and they're still making lots of money. They're still working together. Their businesses both do hundreds of millions. One started as a videographer. One started um, with an agency with two or three people. So that you tell me if it doesn't work. Did you know? I, that was so eloquent. However I try and say it will be will be be not as good as that i i love this concept what you just said is so valuable it's like it yeah so why why will my friends and i keep we just like exchange money back and forth going to each other's events right like i won't go to my friends events and not pay them for it right like yeah. okay cool well, they'll probably come to mind and then well they launch something of course i'll help them share it and i'll and and i'll refer people to them okay i launch something they refer people to me okay i'll employ their agency to work with me I pay them all. Well, they end up making my business a little bit more money. And then eventually I I grow them. They grow me and we become more powerful as a team. So this stupid limiting mindset, this stupid scarcity mindset of like if someone else wins, this less for me is like the number one thing that I want anyone watching this podcast to just eliminate from their life because there is so much more money on the planet than you can conceive of there are so many more potential customers on the planet you could conceive of you could make 
every single person in your entire state never want to buy from you ever again. Okay, cool. It doesn't even matter. There's so many people on the planet. You know what I mean? You could like, it's like, it's like a, and it's an infinitely large pool of resources in the world. And as soon as you understand this idea of like a multiplicative effect, where if, if, if you have more, then I can also have more. Instead of if you have more, I have less. Your life will begin to change. There's, there's no amount of money that you could have that could stop me getting more money. Like, do, do you know what I'm saying? Cause, well, they print it every day. <laughs> they, they, fucking, they fucking print it. It's printed. It, there's an infinite amount of it. It's never going to run out. There is nothing. There's not one fucking iota that is stopping you from being the best version of yourself other than the fact of you thinking you have to compete with the next man or next woman next to you. And, and it's, it's, it's that limiting belief. And it's like play tennis in business, right? And when I say play tennis, I mean play the rally. Don't try and serve people out for aces all the time. Don't try and bowl people out in cricket. Don't try and score the try, play in the middle of the game. Kick the ball around if you want to talk about football. Like, however you want to position it, however your mind best conceives this idea, right? I give you five grand and go to your mastermind. You give me 15 grand, go to mine. I pay you 20 for the next one. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Who's keeping up? Like, at the end of the day, right, if you if I pay you five, I'm probably going to go there. I'm going to earn 100. If you pay me 15, you're probably going to come here and earn 100. Is anyone really going to Does anyone really care in the grand scheme of things of like who spent five, who spent 15, and how the money, the money, money moves between people? And the moment you stop money moving in your life, the moment you stop the flow, you stop the flow coming to you as well, dickhead. Like that's the whole point. Well, you know, like, do you know what I'm saying? So, so this, this is the concept, the, the concept, the concept is before I attracted money into my life and before you attracted money into your life and before we were able to travel the world doing what we're doing. Me and you stopped the flow of money into our lives at some point, right? And we had to, there was a time, there was a moment in our lives collectively where we've both had to spend money that we didn't know exactly how it was going to come. Yeah, out. that I didn't even have, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. And we all, I'm asking every single one of you that's in the moment where you do not feel that money is money in your life to spend the money that you don't think you should spend on going and acquiring the skill because I guarantee you by spending that money and by being free with it, that is what will open up your mind to the concept that you can attract more into your life. And I think that if we could just leave them with that notion, then I think that is what ultimately frees you and allows you to be what you need to be. 100%. You you couldn't have closed it off any better. What a conversation. Bro, no, I appreciate you coming on. I just, I, just, I want to close it off with you though. Yeah. If there was, if there is one piece of one golden nugget you can give everyone in this audience just to leave this podcast with that they can implement today and it's going to take them one percent infinitely further in their life from today what would it be to circle back to sort of what i said earlier about the big domino and 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 self-actualization right everyone watching this video should know that the insecurities that they have about what people are going to think of them right all of the things that they are worried about saying no to all of the the consequences they think are going to come from making the sacrifices that are required to acquire the skills and become the caliber of individual that they want to be, right? All of those negatives that I just mentioned are going to be completely evaporated by acquiring those skills and becoming the people that they want to be, right? So my core my core objective today would be to help eliminate fear and to instill this idea in everyone who's watching this video that 99% of the things that you are worrying about and the problems that you think are going to arise as you pursue your purpose are going to be made so infinitesimally small by the success that you will have 
if you do what you are destined to do, that it will not matter. And as a matter of fact, all the people whose opinions you are worried about are going to call you and congratulate you anyway. And they're going to lie to you and they're going to tell you that they always knew you could do it, right? So everything you're worrying about is an imaginary obstacle. And as a matter of fact, if you just solve the problem of becoming someone deserving of money by providing real value and stop chasing after it as if it's a finite resource, all of a sudden your life will begin to change in these sort of funny ways. So that would be the concept that I would, I would, I would leave everybody with. And then I hope uh, they can, they can have as like a key takeaway from this conversation. Guys, and I hope you've got a mad amount of value from that. At the end of the day, all I want you to get out of this video, this podcast, this information is like anything that you want to curate in your life is infinitely possible as long as you play long-term games with long-term people. And you just think about this game of tennis and and the world will just keep serving you back, keep rallying back to you, everything you invest, everything you put out into the world, everything you put out will come back to you. So if you put out negativity, it'll come back to you. If you put out positive energy, it'll come back to you. You can never give enough. It's about putting more deposits into the world than you expect to get back. Just over-deposit into this world over-deposit value, over-deposit money, over-deposit investments, over-deposit opening doors for strangers. Over-deposit that stuff. And if you over-deposit that, you'll change your life forever. Gee, bro, I appreciate Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the channel. I appreciate you coming on. And guys, like, subscribe, do all the things, share it with some people. Much love. Let's go. Guys, do me a solid favor. Drop a comment below this video and let us know who you want on the podcast next.